I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Athletic. Jordan, you're a great professional. Well, tell me you're going to get absolutely rotten tonight, like me. <laughs> Possibly. Oh, Come on, Jordan, go for it, lad. Enjoy yourself. Cheers, hey! Jordan. So the tough times continue, but Mo Salah has promised Liverpool will fight like champions until the very end. The mentality of this uh, Liverpool squad being questioned after throwing away the lead at Leicester on today's red agenda to look at what it will take to turn things around. Joining myself, Steve Hothersall, Simon Hughes, James Pearce and Kiva O'Neill as always. The Champions League returns this week. There's no better time to sign up for all our unrivaled coverage at The Athletic until February the 25th. We're offering new subscribers a half-price annual subscription. That's less than £1 a week for an entire year. To redeem that limited-time only offer, go to theathletic.com slash Pod. That's theathletic.com slash Pod. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. So Liverpool have uh, lost their last three games and it's a fight for the top four, but the Reds still have one of the best managers in the world, James. Can Jürgen arrest the decline? Of course he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, without a shadow of a doubt, this is the toughest period he's had in his, what, five and a half years at, at Liverpool. But you wouldn't swap him for anyone else, would you, in terms of trying to negotiate a way out of what has been a, a really, really difficult spell on, on so many levels, you know, for him personally as well as professionally. And just so many hurdles have been thrown in Liverpool's path this season, haven't they? And, you know, again on the weekend, you know, the sight of Milner limping off early on and, you know, before the game learning that Ben Davis had picked up a knock and Origi was 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 out as well. And even Kelleher, you know, it's, it's just been absolutely unprecedented, hasn't it? And, um, you know, and I think what the Leicester defeat told us more than anything is just how absolutely brittle confidence levels are in the team at the moment. It's like a weekly counselling session, this, isn't it, Si? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Um, it started off with missing key players, but it's sort of gone far beyond that. And James alluded to it there, that the mentality is now the thing that people are talking about. Yeah. Are you Dr. Melfi or am I, Steve? I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a total and utter collapse, wasn't it? I actually thought the performance wasn't quite as good as what a lot of people have been saying, really. The, the Liverpool got into some great positions in terms of the approach play. Just thought the final pass, the final shot, it was just so consistently poor. And I mean, to be honest, it, it, struck, it smacked to me more of confidence being an issue. I mean, I'd, I'd say that the approach game it was, was pretty encouraging, but the final touch was, was consistently bad. And I was quite disappointed by Leicester's performance as well, to be honest. I mean, they, they were quite submissive and then seized on the opportunities that came their way through some ridiculous moments in Liverpool's defence, which you would not normally... I know, I know obviously Alisson made the mistake against Man City, but outrageous mistake again, wasn't it? <laughs> Just, he made a similar mistake against Leicester in one of his earliest games at Liverpool, trying to 
dribbled past, um, I think it was Ian Acho, maybe, two or three years ago, and was punished on that day. So it's not a ground I'd imagine he has too many fond memories of. But well, you, you, so, you sort of go from perfection, don't you, with Alisson, to this. And so it's it's very hard to understand where the bit in between has been. Well, he's, he's a goalkeeper who does occasionally take risks. You know, no, that's not to say that he, he's like sort of a liability when it comes to the basics, because I think that's his actual strength. You know, his shot stopping is... Is is excellent. I mean, he's still one of the, one of the, if not the best goalkeepers in the world. But he's obviously going through a bit of a rocky spell. I mean, same could be said for other goalkeepers. Some of the great goalkeepers have been through the similar sorts of things. You know, Peter Schmeichel, I'm sure would would have would be able to call back on periods and games where he's made high profile errors. But he, he does have to sort of get his head around it pretty quickly because it's it's cost Liverpool in two big games now. Can't afford for that to continue. So, you know, he's been a transformational goalkeeper for Liverpool since he signed. He's been absolutely brilliant, more or less, all the way through since joining the club in 2018. He's one of the main reasons, one of the big reasons why Liverpool were able to go and win the Champions League. I thought in the final in Madrid, he was he was one of Liverpool's best players that day. Had very little to do, but some of the saves that he made towards the end, decisive, absolutely brilliant. Same, I don't think they would have been able to win the league without him. But he's obviously, at this moment in time, going through a really, really rough period. Having had quite a few injuries and come back into the team and made two really bad errors. They are, they are really bad errors. There's no other way of describing them there's no excusing them but you, you like Klopp you would back him to get back on it and and, and and rediscover that form because he is he is a world-class goalkeeper just when you think Kiva that Liverpool might have turned a corner things get a little bit worse and before we started this pod I sort of sensed an air of resignation from yourself <laughs> you sort of said oh, I've got over the weekend already has it, has it gone beyond a blip for you now far beyond it I don't know, it still does feel like a blip to me. I think it's been a tough season for a lot of teams, Liverpool in particular. I think we've gone over that time and again, haven't we? It's a difficult time for, for a lot of teams, but Liverpool will pull themselves out of this. I think that's the hope that you've got to have, just because what they've done in the past couple of years or more has been phenomenal. And to work at that level and to bring yourself to that level every day in your mentality of training and, you know, they're just constantly on it and, like, I don't know how you perform at the top level for so long and don't have little moments like this. You know, I think every great sports person has probably had a moment like this and it just feels like teams have moments like this as well. I think it's good that the Champions League's coming up just because I think that's always been Liverpool's sort of bread and butter. You know, it's a little bit of a distraction from the Premier League and God, do we need it now more than ever. But I think results sort of went Liverpool's way a little bit, obviously depending on how Chelsea get on. Um, you know, I think they're still in fourth, aren't they, after the weekend's results. So, you know, it was a missed opportunity and Leicester are now six points and sort of have taken the mantle on, haven't they? But I loved Mohamed Salah's post as I, I loved James Milner's a, a couple of weeks ago. I think for someone like Salah to sort of step up, I mean, he just feels like such a, a cult figure, doesn't he? And when he sort of sends a message like he did on Sunday, it just felt like a bit of a movement in the sort of the feeling, I think, particularly on social media, that, you know, things will get better. And when someone who scores that many goals promises that it will get better, you kind of got to believe him, haven't you? Well, you sort of get the sense that his mentality is probably okay. But let's talk about that word. And James, you've written on it on The Athletic this week. Worth people checking that out. The, The biggest concern seems to be this... 
what people are saying is a fragile mentality. They've gone from a side that if they'd taken a one-goal lead last season, I think it would have been a matter of course for them to score at least another. A foregone conclusion back then. The players believed it, but perhaps now they couldn't be further from that. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was at the King Power on Saturday and that was probably the most worrying thing from my point of view is, you know, things will always happen against you in, in football games and it's always about how you respond to them. And when it went to, to 2-1 on the weekend, you know, the body language was poor, I thought. I thought, you know, it was almost like, oh, here we go again. You know, and, and you know, again, the absolute opposite to, to what we've become used to where, you know, they would roll the sleeves up and, and fight and find a way and, you know, from finding a way and to win games and being able to win games in so many different ways. Now we're seeing Liverpool you know, come up with even more ridiculous ways to, to lose games with just such such basic errors proving proving costly. So um yeah, I I do think the the mental side of things is you know is just as significant, if not more significant, than the physical issues this season, you know, with the schedule and with the injuries and it was interesting, you know, speaking to a, a couple of eminent sports psychologists in um, Dan Abrahams and, and Martin Perry, who have you know got years and years of experience at the highest level across a whole number of sports, from working with the England rugby team to Bournemouth Premier League. And um, I think a lot of what they said, I think, will you know resonate in terms of just, just the issues of, of when, when you're trying to replicate the ridiculous standards that Liverpool set, we're getting 97 and then 99 points and achieving something so big. You know, they, they talked about how to stay at the top, you need freshness, you need new ideas, you need new faces, whether that's players or staff, new energy. And, and, and of course, Liverpool haven't really had that because the three new signings they brought in last summer have all had long periods on the sidelines due to injury and haven't been able to make the impact and, and take Liverpool on to the next level that Klopp certainly hoped for. And then there's, you know, the other things like you know, people d- dismiss Liverpool's injuries as an excuse, but it's it's not an excuse, it's an explanation. And, you know, certainly losing someone like Van Dijk, it's not just what you lose in terms of his qualities, it's that mental impact on others. And, you know, and I think, again, I don't think a collapse like that at the weekend happens if Van Dijk is there because... The mentality is very different, but you know, the, as the psychologist said, you you take someone so integral, someone who's a leader, someone who who people see in the dressing room and immediately feel better about themselves and more confident. That when when that void is there, it, it hurts you as a as a team, and then you know, couple that with the fact that they don't have the support of fans to lift them. They, you know, it's all having to to try and come from within because of the the pandemic and and I think I think there's a lot of issues here like right back to you know not being able to to properly celebrate the title and and relish it for what it was you know that achievement and then you know everything that's followed I just think it's been kind of one big big setback after another and I know you know there's so much short-termism in football these days where you know it you try and write pieces trying to explain situations and you get accused of making excuses and you know people people suddenly decide now that Klopp's a fraud and the players are, are frauds and all the rest of it and it's just absolutely ridiculous i think sometimes you have to take a step back and look look at man city last season man city lost nine premier league games last season and were 18 points behind liverpool you know and and the 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 loss of Laporte was was held up as a big reason for for why their standards slipped so badly and and we're seeing something very similar with Liverpool this season and um, the big question now is what can Klopp actually salvage from it well well let's go to the the manager I mentioned him straight away so they they've still got the very best manager in world football or one of the 
the very best. And we should mention he's he's been through a dreadful time himself personally. The the death of his mum Elizabeth. He couldn't go to the the funeral, which is obviously takes precedent over everything, doesn't it? What about the manager himself? How is he coping with all this personally, do you think? And what, what do you read into his body language after that defeat? Dealing with a family bereavement in any circumstance for any person is not easy, but particularly when it's in the middle of a pandemic and you're unable to go to the funeral and surround yourself with family. I mean, again, a few people might listen to this and say, just what sort of James has alluded to there, just it's excuse making, but you know, it's it's another another reason, another explanation which have make you understand a little bit more about how hard it has been to manage Liverpool over the last couple of weeks because Jurgen Klopp is is ultimately a human being and when you lose a family member, it has the potential to distract you from the job that you're doing, no matter how significant that job might be. He, he to me, look, looks as fed up as anybody else at the moment as well. I mean, this all gets at the what James was talking about there, sort of the wider situation in the in the middle of a pandemic. Sort of, I, I don't think he'd have ever, ever visualised Liverpool winning the title in the circumstance that they did win it. They obviously weren't able to celebrate it. Bang, straight into the next season. Not the same sort of pre-season that he would have expected in terms of being able to go and launch a defence of his title. And, you know, it, it has snowballed from there. And then, then obviously you get, get to mid-January. I mean, his 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 mum, Elizabeth, died actually in January and he was able to, to keep it out of the... Oh, sorry, it didn't appear in the media until last week. So it would be understandable if, if he was totally and utterly fed up with everything at the moment, I think, with the way it is. I think, you know, he's not the sort of person to, to try and... I mean, I'm sure, you know, within the, the confines of the training ground, he'll be internalising the sense of loss that, that he has. But I would expect that at this time, I mean, you think you think back to in previous seasons where Liverpool have gained quite a lot of strength. I mean, from little breaks that they've been able to take now, that might be contradicted by some of the immediate results that they've had when they when they've come back from those breaks, but later on in the season I think Liverpool have benefited from from periods away. That's something again not able to do this season. And I think now, you know, given what's happened in Klopp's personal life, he 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 looks like he's certainly in need of of some distraction and and, and being able to to sort of separate himself from what's going on around him a little bit. But like everybody else, he isn't able to at the moment. It's just a really, really difficult, horrible position to be in, I think. And I certainly have some sympathy with him on on that front. I think it it must be incredibly hard to be able to or to, to have to face this situation, as it is for a lot of people at the moment. But he is ultimately a human being and will be I would imagine finding it will have found the last month particularly difficult. James, just just quickly on the dressing room, have we, have we actually heard anything or or any insight as to stuff that's behind the scenes, or is it is it simply a case of the team feeling very mentally jaded at the moment? It's, I mean, there's certainly no issues behind the scenes that I'm aware of. I think that's the other thing that people all ultimately jump to, don't they, and 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 assume that on the back of a few bad results that that everyone's at each other's throats and I'm sure, I'm sure there, there was some pretty wild ridiculous rumors doing the rounds at the weekends but you know that's that's sadly a, a sign of the mm-hmm. times with 
how how quick it is for crazy rumors to spread over WhatsApp and social media. But no, there's no there's no hint of any issues behind the scenes. It's such a the, the spirit and unity that Klopp has created at Liverpool that you know that hasn't just suddenly disappeared. It's this is just a collectively bad time. It's not it's not like people are sniping from the corners or there's disagree you know from corners of the dressing room where there's disagreements it's it's just you know a time where they have to come together and i know you know milner and henderson are always vocal but even more so in times like this in in terms of trying to ensure that they do trigger the right response because you know, it, you know yeah it does feel like the end of the world when you when you lose three on the bounce I think for the first time since you have to go back to Rogers' last full season in charge in 2014-15 but you know this this is a huge week for Liverpool you know and with the Champions League starting again on on Tuesday and then the Merseyside derby on Saturday and trying to protect that you know that long unbeaten home run against Everton that, that stretches back to the to the last century so you know, the, the, these two games can change the, the, the perception and and perception you know, is ridiculous in football like it feels like Liverpool are in crisis yet you know we keep hearing you know Manchester United a resurgent under Solskjaer and you know Everton are having a fantastic season and you look at the table and you know United are only six points better off and they're preparing to play in the Europa League this week having failed to get out there Champions League group and, and Everton are still three points behind Liverpool with a, a couple of games in hand so there's, there's certainly not I don't, I don't sense any panic behind the scenes these, these are tough times but there's there's still there's still too much to play for this season to throw the towel in Hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Red Agenda brought to you by The Athletic, your exclusive uh, Liverpool FC podcast. So what are Liverpool realistically uh, looking at now? Kiva, what's your head and your heart saying about where where Liverpool league-wise will end up. Is it top four? Is it just fourth? They're 10 points off City. You've got two games in hand. Six points off United and Leicester. What's your head telling you, Kiva? I think Liverpool will qualify for the Champions League. I know things are looking pretty dire at the minute, but it just feels like this is a good sort of time they're going into now. There's obviously the Champions League, then they've got Everton. A big win in the derby can always just fuel you, can't it? And I think, you know, that's a game that can can make the mentality reappear. And then obviously Sheffield United, Fulham, obviously they got a good win against Everton yesterday. There'll be no easy games, but it just does feel like if, you know, Liverpool have come out of a tough period against Man City and Leicester more recently, I just feel like there's a chance now, there's an opportunity to sort of spring into a, a good run of results. And I think this is the time for Liverpool to do that. 
I feel like you sort of push it to every game to think, oh, Liverpool are going to qualify for the Champions League. Defeat there at home to, to Everton would undo a lot of good, wouldn't it? But, I, you know, I feel confidence in this Liverpool team, especially, you know, with the, the messages coming out, like I mentioned, from Salah. And I think the players will be switched on. Maybe, you know, a little trip to Budapest of all places will will get them just sort of, you know, a little bit of togetherness, you know, a little bit of a night away. And, you know, I think that, that always helps, doesn't it? Um, like Simon mentioned, they haven't had those, you know, times when they go to Marbella or whatever else this season, obviously because of the pandemic. So maybe, you know, a little sort of squad bonding session like that will do them do them good, especially if they get a good win. You just, you just made that sound really cosy. Little little night away together, a little yeah, bit of bonding. Nice away. Wouldn't we all like a nice? Wouldn't we all like a nice in Budapest? Would you? I'd rather be in Budapest than Birkenhead, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I think it does present when you look at the fixture list. You know, particularly with the Champions League, which cushions obviously those three games. Liverpool can go on a, a winning streak, which come on, they're so so capable of. Then I think you know, Champions League's well within the reach. Obviously, the the league's gone now. City look like they're just cruising to it as Liverpool did last season. But you know, Liverpool have got to got to pick up the pieces of this season now, and not only that, I think it really sets the tone for how they go into the next season as well, because you know it's likely that Van Dijk is gonna come back and not be the player he he was before, you know, he went off in the in the last derby. So you know, Liverpool might have to cope for a while. If you look at Oxley Chamberlain, he just doesn't seem the player he was before he got that injury, and that's you know. We're talking two, three years ago now. So, you know, I, I don't think Liverpool can just look to, to Van Dijk and Gomez and Matip coming back as, as the saviours of of their form. They've got to get it together themselves. And, you know, I thought there was loads of positives to take from Leicester. I thought Quebec, other than, you know, the bit of a mix-up with Alisson, which, you know, Alisson's probably more so to blame for that. I thought he had a really good game. Um you know, that'll do is probably confidence good to get that out the way almost. And, you know, a one nil win would have been lovely, but I suppose dealing with dealing with a loss is probably a more difficult thing and you have to react to it, don't you? And, you know, Liverpool will, will have the, the opportunity to do that. Um, against Leipzig and then obviously Everton. For Quebec, I suppose, you know, fans were calling inside for his introduction against Man City, but as the game with Leicester show, there's actually no perfect moment to start life at Liverpool at the moment, is there? No, no. Well, I mean, I, I thought he sort of looked quite calm and composed, really, before the, the moment that Kiva just alluded to there, um, without without being under placed under too much pressure, to be honest. I mean, as I said, I was quite disappointed by... Leicester's performance and approach it, it, it sort of reminded me of some of Liverpool's performances of under Brendan Rodgers in Europe like it was almost like they were affording Liverpool too much respect and I know there's an article on The Athletic where it's sort of de- detailing the tactical tweak that Rodgers made just before the mistake leads to Leicester's equaliser and then you've got another catastrophic error afterwards I think sometimes there's an element of luck and comedy which happens in football which you can't really legislate for or or, or measure in terms of an impact that it has and that that for me changed the, the entire outlook of the game and and obviously, I mean, I, I do wonder how Quebec will look back on that because, I mean, I tend to think when you're involved in a high-profile mistake, even if it's not necessarily your fault, uh, you know, he's going to have to get, again, get his head around the fact that that's happened and he's been at the centre of it pretty quickly because what does he do next time the ball's played over the top and the keeper comes rushing out? They're going to have to communicate a lot better. But yeah, there is no easy time to come in. I just think, you know, in an ideal situation, 
Jurgen Klopp will be giving the player, you know, a few a few months a few months grace to get used to living in Liverpool, playing with players, but there just isn't that option at the moment. So yeah, he, he's he's under he's under more pressure, I would say, than than some of the previous signings that Liverpool have made of his profile. He, he's going to have to adjust a lot quicker if if it's going to become easier for Liverpool to sort of play the football that he wants because. Playing two two central midfielders in central defence, I think anyway, isn't a long term or even medium or short term solution to to Liverpool's problems at the moment. Yeah, I suppose as well, Si. It's just a shame that actually the second and third Leicester goal, he's involved in it, whether it's his fault or not. Mm. And you, you sort of allude to that there, but he will watch the game back. So even for the third goal, and obviously Leicester made a tactical tweak, and you know he's outrun by Harvey Barnes. He's still going to be mentally looking at that, thinking, "Oh, yeah. I'm involved in this." Yeah, I, I, I tend to. Th- I mean, you'd only ever remembered by your, your sort of your worst or your best moments, everything else that goes before and afterwards. I think will we'll get forgotten about. So he, he, he is. You know, I, I think he'll come away from that game personally feeling quite stung by the experience because of the way it ends. It ends with a Liverpool defeat. It ends in, with him involved in some of the goals. It, it, it's, it wasn't a. As far as I was concerned, a, a great debut by any stretch, but he did okay before that. Uh, whether he's got the mental capacity to focus on the positives, I'm not sure. But footballers tend to be quite honest with themselves, I think, when that sort of thing happens. So uh, I, I think, again, it's another big test for him at the weekend. He's coming up against Leipzig. I mean, he's coming up against opponents that he'll be familiar with. Uh, which which could be of some benefit, I think. Again, as I say, I just think it, w- it wasn't a great debut. He's going to have to improve um, because I, I do think Liverpool's sort of season in some ways hinges on getting one of the defenders performing to a level that, that we've seen before for, for Liverpool to finish in, in, in the sort of position that people expect. James, how many centre-back partnerships is that for, for Liverpool now? I mean... We're on a stupid number, aren't we? 17. 17. So, well, no other team can be close to that, can they? No, no, no. no. I think it's 13 in the Premier League. I think Simon's been a little bit harsh on Quebec there. I actually thought he did he did well in general. When you factor in the, the lack of training time, he'd only, he'd only had, what, probably five, six, six sessions properly. For a start, he can't be blamed whatsoever for the second goal. I just think that is all on Alisson. If Alisson stays where he is that does not result in a goal. I just don't even know what he was thinking. I think probably part of Alisson's decision-making was that, you know, I think he thought he was trying to help out a new signing by taking control, but, you know, he actually made things a hell of a lot worse. Did did he shout? Did you hear anything? No, do you know what? I, I mean, obviously... Probably I was sat 40, 50 yards away. So if he, I mean, if he did shout, it was, it certainly wasn't one that you could hear in the stands and um, you can hear most things at the moment with, mm. uh, with no supporters there. So um, I just thought it was just a, a mad rush of blood from Alisson that, that proved incredibly costly. And I don't, I don't think he does that if that's Jordan Henderson in that situation. I think he backs Henderson to deal with it himself, but because it was Quebec, because it was a new player, he, I think he thought he'd try and take control. I think the, th- the third one, I think he's on Quebec in terms of, he certainly dropped off a yard at a time when others were stepping up. That, that, again, that just comes down to 
communication and understanding and knowing the system, which is incredibly difficult to do at this stage of the season when you just walk in from having been used to playing in a in a Schalke team that are getting absolutely pummeled most weeks in, in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I, I think Kabak needs to be cut some slack. I think he definitely has to be given a run of games. You know, as I said, Liverpool's rest of this season depends to a large degree on getting the best out of him. And whether that leads to him getting a permanent deal at Liverpool or not, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, they need to stick by him. I, th- I thought there was some promising signs. I thought he thought he's very, very comfortable on the ball. You know, he, he won his battles in the air. There was one really impressive recovery tackle on Vardy early in the second half. You know, there's a couple of times, yes, when Vardy darted away from him. But, you know, that happens to a lot of top uh, Premier League defenders because Vardy is um, incredibly difficult to deal with. So um, yeah, I, I, ju- I just think again it, it just it just highlighted the folly of waiting until February the first to bring in reinforcements when they were so desperately needed on January the first because um, at least then that would have given Klopp a bit more time to bed someone in. You know, I keep having people saying to me, "Oh, you know, he needs to play Davis and Kabak and and get Henderson back into midfield," but. You know, again, I thought the weekend, you know, Davis wasn't available because he'd picked up a knock. But that was proof of anything. Any, if you needed any more, you can't throw two new centre backs in as a partnership and expect them to just instantly gel. It's just just ludicrous. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, as much as I want to see Henderson back in midfield as well, I don't think it's going to happen until Fabino is fit. And I think, you know, the best hope for Liverpool between now and the middle of May is that, that Fabino and, and Kabak can, can form an, an impressive understanding between them. Ridiculous number of, of injuries. Look, there were, there were positives. So, Kiva, let's go to Mo's goal. It's 17th of the season. The assist was ridiculous, wasn't it, by... By Firmino. I actually had someone say to me, I think that's the goal of the season. I think the, the second against West Ham was probably the better. But let's face it, it was pretty pleasing on the eye, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think what also gets forgotten about that goal is Trent Alexander-Arnold's work and the build-up. I think he he gets the pre-assist after his, I think his cross gets blocked. And then, he, you know, he shows that hunger to chase the ball. And that's what we, we missed from him for a little while there, didn't we? But um, I think his performances have been, even in defeat, been vastly improved, which is massive for Liverpool because we know how much they depend on the, the creativity of Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Um, thought he was unlucky as well not to score that free kick, which hit the crossbar. But it is working the build-up was just, just brilliant. And then obviously Firmino does... I think Firmino's a really weird player at times because you can feel impatient almost when he, he sort of tries things like that and loses the ball and it's like oh come on Bobby just just pass it easy like just a simple pass there would work and I think that's what we would have been saying if that didn't come off or didn't reach Mo but then obviously you know just audacious outstanding probably up there with with Shaqiri's couple of assists he's, he's got the season for Salah and the one for Jota earlier on in the season at Anfield um just remarkable really and that's I think what he brings to Liverpool team and when when he does it he just gets it right and I don't think there's many players capable of that in world football that ingenuity and just it was just marvellous wasn't it and it's now up there with with those goals Benteke against United um, you know other goals like that Coutinho against Man City in the League Cup final goals that you know were really lovely to watch but now I've sort of like you know you have to just put them into the into the archive because you, you can't look at them again. Otherwise, you know that Liverpool ended up losing the game within six minutes later on. But yeah, no, 
phenomenal mm. really from Firmino and I think he, he makes everything tick doesn't he when when he gets things right he gets them right and it just feels like it, it brings Salah and Mane up a level when Firmino's you know at a, at a higher level himself um, and then Salah's finish I mean we could talk all day about him his numbers are ridiculous again this season he's he's sort of almost keeping Liverpool afloat at times whether we know that he's he's performing to the level he has done Obviously, I think he gives the ball away in the build-up to the, the third goal, doesn't he? Which I think maybe is why he sent out that message, because he probably is disappointed in himself. It was a bit loose and just kind of like sums up how Liverpool have been over the last uh, month or couple of months. Salah, obviously a player at the top of his game for goals then at the moment. Still a couple of years left on his contract side. But where is that contract on FSG's list of priorities? Just, just to try and get it sorted. That's the million-dollar question, Steve. I don't have that answer, I'm afraid. I mean, it, it should... It's it's not just Salah, is it? It's, it's not... It, the, the whole question there is related to, I think, the age profile of the players around him as well. I mean, I don't think FSG and Liverpool's ownership group can afford to to plough on with the the three of them for the next three years and them all reaching sort of going past the peak at the same time. They're going to have to find a way to generate the financial reality which allows Jürgen Klopp to to sign replacements, essentially. They're all coming to the end of the the 20s. I think all the contracts run out at pretty much the same period as well, more or less the same age. So, some big issues to solve, I think, for Liverpool. Obviously, Diogo Jota has come in. He will, pending his return from injury, become one of the front three eventually in terms of establishing himself and being sort of a, a permanent player who, who, who Liverpool look towards to win matches, which he's obviously already done this season. I think they're going to probably have to do it again with, with one or two, of them, well, with, with, with at least another another player in, in the forward line over the next six to 12 months. So... Very interesting to see how they handle it. I think it's, you know, the the whole strategy of FSG is going to be tested around what happens with Salah, Firmino and Mane. Obviously, we've we've seen Salah speak publicly about it. And it's understandable that, like, sort of that takes a lot of the headlines. But, you know, I think it, it affects not just him, but what what, what he's facing is... is um, replicated by Firmino and Mane as well. So we will see. I personally think, I mean, this season, Salah, we've spoken about it before. I mean, despite Liverpool's poor form, he's he's still been scoring goals and still been affecting matches. So Liverpool are going to need him between now and the end of the season. Again, if they're going to achieve what they want to achieve. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
This is the Red Agenda. It's brought to you by The Athletic, your uh, Liverpool podcast. I'm Steve Hothersall, Simon Hughes, James Pearce and Kiva O'Neill. What a huge week in store. Merseyside derby at the end of it. And of course, uh, before that, the Champions League in a game with uh, RB Leipzig. Si, you've written on this. Julian Nagelsmann. Already pissing himself. Nagelsmann, have I got that right? Nagels, not Nagels. More or less, Nagels. Uh, just say Nagelsmann. Nagels. If, if, if Nagel. you want to say Nagels, right. like right. carry on. Uh, I know I'd just like to get it right. It, it, look, he's already pitted himself against Klopp, hasn't he, in the Champions League with Hoffenheim, but he, he's a very bright young manager. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember that game vividly against uh, Hoffenheim in 2017 when Liverpool were just back in the Champions League themselves after a few seasons away. And they impressed at Anfield, Hoffenheim. They, they gave Liverpool a real game, but a bit naive at times, I thought. Some of the, maybe a, a bit too attacking, but that said, they did need goals to, to, to survive in the tie. So maybe you can understand that. But, you know, he's had, he's had a remarkable sort of ascension to, to notoriety, Julian uh, Nagelsmann, as I, I will call him. But yeah, he, he he's still a very young manager, 33, uh, since moved on to Leipzig, Similar clubs in in some ways, Hoffenheim and, and Leipzig, and the you know the, the the sort of very young football clubs, great infrastructure where there isn't that sort of weight of history that that he he would have an encounter at more traditional football clubs. So he's been able to develop his own career and and get results you know in, in line with that, and he's he's been. It's talked about for three or four years now as 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 one of the the next managerial greats. Um, I think he's arriving at a bit of a crossroads um, because uh, it was quite an interesting summer last summer. Obviously, Leipzig got to the the Champions League semi final and performed very well. Interestingly, he he used to be represented by uh, Jurgen Klopp's agent, but moved away to a new agency who who have more or less made in the primary football manager clients so there's a bit of talk that he, he could end up at Real Madrid I know that might sound a bit ridiculous in some ways but the sort of the project and aspirations of Madrid is, have changed a little bit over the last 12 to 18 months a much younger group of players so there's maybe a feeling in Madrid that he, he can work with them but I, I think that you know it's quite an interesting time for Leipzig because he, even though he's he's done very well in the Champions League and pushed them you know to the latter stage of the competition they haven't really closed the gap on Bayern Munich in, in the Bundesliga. So that there's a feeling that if Hansi Flick decided to move on from Bayern, maybe take on the Germany manager's job. I know this is all a bit of a game of sinks and ladders and, and, and sort of guesswork, but he could end up in Munich. Or I, I was told as well last week that Tottenham have, have, are very keen on him as well. So the chances of him coming and succeeding Klopp seem a bit more remote than they were. I think I think a lot of people sort of added two and two together and thought, well, he's you know he's represented by Mark Kosicka. That would make a transitional period a bit more straightforward. But obviously that's not the case anymore. And I always thought it's a case of interest aligning at the same time for that to happen who knows he, he could have moved on to another club by the time Liverpool needs a new manager sometimes it is down to availability but yeah a very exciting manager and it'll be interesting to see where he goes over the next uh, 18 months to two years because he's got a long a long career potentially ahead of him Leipzig formidable side James and uh, I don't know about you but for me there's there just feels a massive emphasis on the Champions League now yeah huge I mean you could you could make a, a pretty strong case that winning the Champions League this season could be Liverpool's best hope of actually competing in it next season. Because um, you know, when, you, when you look at the teams directly below them at the moment in, in the Premier League and, and the games in hand they've got, and we know this Liverpool team, uh, you know, despite the issues, they, they are capable of beating anyone in a, 
in a, in a knockout tie, and, and especially with you know Jota not far away now. Klopp said on Friday that you know within two to three weeks he should have him available again. Naby Keita is is closer to playing again as well. So yeah, it's it's going to be a really fascinating tie against Leipzig because they are box office to watch. I mean, I think when you, when you look at their numbers in terms of, you know, they actually managed to concede more than they scored in the group stage. I think it was 23 goals across their six group games. I mean, they you know obviously surprised everyone in getting through to the, the semis last season where they were pretty unfortunate to lose to, to PSG. So yeah, they're dangerous. But the other thing with them is they will give you chances. You know, they do play open attacking football. And I think those kind of games should actually suit Liverpool. So, um, so yeah, I think the other thing to say in it is it is a bit of a bizarre situation we've got with the Champions League where, you know, games are being shifted all over the place to neutral venues to just to ensure the competition still goes ahead. And the, the thing that occurred to me was... I mean, you could have an absolute nonsense where someone goes out on the away goals rule, having played two games in neutral territory, which that baffles me a bit that the away goals yeah. rule is it can even still be a thing when um, when you're when you're playing at neutral venues. So um, yeah, that's that's a bit bizarre, but you know, it's I suppose the competition going ahead is still better than nothing. Yeah, James mentioned that point, Kiva, that this could be the best route back into the Champions League. Amazing. We wouldn't have thought that that a month ago, but there's a lot riding on this this double header now. It would be very Liverpool, wouldn't it? As soon as um, it was full time at Leicester, that was my thought. I thought, you know, oh my God, Liverpool might have to actually win the thing if they want to play in it again next year. And um, obviously, so much depends on Liverpool playing in the Champions League, doesn't it, financially? Not that, you know, I know that a lot of fans are interested in that, but... In reality, it's just about Liverpool playing well and winning games. That's what they really care about. And, you know, I think that has to start on, on Tuesday night, doesn't it? Against Leipzig in Budapest, which is nicer than Birkenhead, I'm going to say. But Birkenhead is nice. I do want to just clarify that, clear that up for anyone who hasn't visited. It's a lovely part of the world, but I, mean, I imagine Budapest is a lot better. I'm desperate in need of a holiday here. Can anyone tell? Crosby's nice. Oh, you're not allowed to go to Crosby, are you, at this time of year? No. So, so I can't even welcome you on the beach. Um, <laughs> oh, look. A warm welcome. Maybe next week we'll have a bit more positivity in the pod. Who knows? Um, loads of great articles online at the moment. Sai's been writing, as I mentioned, about Mr. Nagelsman or Nagelsman. Uh, James has been writing about mentality, and there's loads of great stuff on the Athletics. So check it out right now. Thanks for listening to the Red Agenda, and fingers crossed things will improve. We'll see you next week. The Athletic.